You've just tuned into Beyond Your Past, part of the Mental Health News Radio Network. Welcome back to Beyond Your Past. I'm your host, Matt Pappas, certified life coach specializing in overcoming anxiety and trauma recovery. And this podcast is all about helping you move forward from what holds you back. Each week, you'll hear from coaches, clinicians, and advocates who've overcome tremendous odds and are now using their journey to inspire you throughout yours. This is your place to feel validated and encouraged as you take your life back and live free from your past. Are you ready? Let's do this. Greetings, my friend, and thanks so much for taking some time out of your day to tune into the show, and I hope that this episode inspires and encourages you on your own journey. Big shout out if you're listening to the podcast for the very first time. I hope that you'll enjoy it and perhaps check out some past episodes as well. And for those who are regular listeners, you guys all rock. You're amazing, and I always appreciate the support so much. A big shout out to my amazing sponsors, inlpcenter.org, offering world-class online neuro-linguistic programming and life coach training to people in over 70 countries. I'm honored to be able to receive my certifications from INLP Center and utilize their research and incredible training programs. And to daily recovery support, interactive daily group calls in a safe atmosphere for survivors of complex trauma, equipping you with the skills and information you can use every single day in your healing journey. Learn more about this affordable resource and get signed up at cptsdfoundation.org. If you find these podcasts helpful, please consider subscribing and leaving a review on your favorite podcasting app. That would be awesome. So today, my special guest on the podcast is certified coach and survivor, Joanne Sapressi. Joanne is based out of Eastern Pennsylvania and works with clients to help them transform the way they think and feel while learning to make their mind and emotions work for them instead of against them. Her coaching services include healing from abandonment, relationship struggles, trauma recovery, as well as high profile and executive coaching. She specializes in neurolinguistic programming, Reiki, advanced hypnosis, timeline therapy, humanistic neurolinguistic psychology, and more. During our chat, Joanne shares some of her survivor story, which includes sexual abuse, both as a child and later in life. We'll discuss the importance of how to rebuild trust in yourself and others. We'll talk a bit about how NLP has helped her and her clients and how sometimes using the same techniques you share with a client on yourself can be a challenge. All this and so much more during my chat with Joanne Sapressi, starting right now. So, hey, Joanne, welcome to Beyond Your Past. How are you? Awesome, Matt. Thank you for having me. I'm excited to be here. How me are too, you and doing? I'm excited to have you. Yes, thank you. And you are just down the road from me, so to speak, down near uh, Philadelphia area, right? Yeah, I'm in Bucks County. I'm a little bit above Philadelphia, so I'm even closer to you. Yes, you are. Yeah. So so I'm glad that you connected with me here, and I'm glad to have you on the show. And we're going to talk about your work as a life and mindset coach and um, about being a survivor of sexual abuse and um, all kinds of incredible things about your life and your work. So before we get into that, though, we can take a couple of minutes. You can share uh, more about your work, more about yourself, and tell everybody more about you in general. Okay, awesome. Well, I have been a life and mindset coach since I was about 19 years old. Um, so it's been a long time now, a little over 20 years. And, um, I started out being a life and mindset coach, um, because I was able to completely transform the way I was as a human being. And I realized that if I can change, then anyone can change. Um, 
when I was uh, younger, I was in college and I was wanting to be an international lawyer. <laughs> so I had this huge college track ahead of me, but my mind and my mindset, the way I thought about myself and life was really damaging. I was suicidal. I was involved in things that were unhealthy for me and I couldn't even concentrate on my studies. So I decided to get some help. Um, and I went and I did, I went through therapy and stuff like that when I was in high school and none of that ever helped me. Um, so then when I was in college going through all of this still, I decided that I needed something else and I wanted wanted to learn hand-on tools to help me. So I took certification courses in neuro-linguistic programming, which is NLP, which is what Tony Robbins does, um, and humanistic neuro-linguistic psychology, hypnosis, age regression therapy, timeline therapy. And within six months of learning these tools and experimenting with what I was learning with, with my teachers and classmates, I became a completely new person and I was no longer suicidal. I was no longer doing any damaging, unhealthy things. And I was like, wow, this is amazing. I, and I actually dropped out of college right then and there. And I said, I want to help people now for the rest of my life. <laughs> I want to help people learn how to feel good about themselves and change who they are. Because I found out that people can change. So here I am, 20-some years later, still doing the same thing. Well, I have so many questions already, like even more than what you already <laughs> sent over. Yeah, I love <laughs> questions. So, mm -hmm. Well, yeah. Okay, so the first thing is, um, before we get into NLP, which, by the way, I'm an NLP uh, master as well. So it's nice to meet you in that way, too. Um, I yes. love NLP. It, it's been life-changing for me and for clients, too. So I want to jump into that. But before, yes. I found it totally fascinating when you said that, you had, or you know, that you were a coach since 19. And I'm thinking, okay, well, I'm a survivor. At 19, I didn't have a clue what I wanted to do. And I was too busy ignoring everything that I went through as a child, all, all the trauma I went through. Yes. And I, it's amazing that you were able to really have this awareness and this desire that, you know, this is what I want to do. I want to help people. I know how I feel. Uh, you know, I want to help other people to, you know, to work through this. But Yes. I, it just, you know, I mean, for me, like I said, at 19, I, I wanted nothing to do with my past or anything <laughs> like that. So it's just. <laughs> yeah. Well, actually, um, <laughs> up to this point in my life, I already went through so much stuff. I was um, be between the ages, I think, I'm not exactly clear, like between seven and 10, I was being sexually abused by my stepfather. Um, at age 13, my mother uh, gave me away. Um, and I was living in foster homes. I was in a new home every three to six months. So, and then I tried to kill myself many times throughout those years. So, and then I had more sexual abuse that happened while I was in foster care. So I already went through so much stuff already. Um, but yet throughout all of that, I mean, I was still in cross country, in track. I was involved in sports and all that, you know, so I still had some type of hope going on in the background. But one of the turning points was when I was 19, I was sitting in a Burger King, which I would never go into anymore. <laughs> but I was sitting in a Burger King, and I was eating. And I was listening to these two women, they were 
like in between like their 50s and 60s. And they were complaining about their parents. And the one was crying and the because of what her mother still did to her. I mean, her she was crying because of what her mother did to her when she was a kid. And then she became angry. And the two of them were just getting so angry over the things that their parents did to them when they were children. And I remember saying to myself, wow, I don't want to be like that when I'm their age. And that's where it clicked for me. That's when I was like, I really got to stand up for something. I really got to stand up for myself. I really need to get over this anger and stuff that I have against my mother for, you know, giving me away. And she actually stayed, my mother actually stayed with my stepfather who sexually abused me. She's still with him to this day. So I had a lot of anger and resentment and stuff to get over. And those two women, (laughs) I thank them very much because if I didn't hear their conversation that day, you know, um, making me not want to live my whole life in this anger, um, I might have still been there. I don't know, you know? So that was a turning point for me is with, when I, um, you know, heard their conversation right then and there, I sought out solutions and that's how I came across NLP. I'm very similar to you on that. The abuse that I experienced, which was at the hands of a teenager up the street was between five and 10. And so, yeah, yeah. So it was right around the same time apparently as yours. And um, yeah, I know it's like for me, I spent so much time. It was it was a combination of ignoring it and mm-hmm. not wanting to deal with it as much as not even realizing it was a part of my life anymore. So, you oh, know, wow. especially early on, right? Like I had no idea that at 19 that something that was a part of my life 9, 10 years ago whatever it was was still affecting me now. I was kind of oblivious to it, but I was also realizing that it was there and I just don't want to deal with it. So I had like two things going to where I, I want to know parts of it. And it wasn't until I was in my early forties until I deal with it. So the oh, fact wow. that you were able to be so aware of it and then realize yeah. that you wanted to make a difference, you know, right then yeah. and there in the middle of a Burger King is amazing. Yeah. Well, you know what? It might've been too, because, you know, I was literally all alone, you know, mm-hmm. um, I didn't have any family because they gave me away when I was 13. And if I didn't have that, I might not, I might not sure. I may not have been aware of it so much, you know, um, I, the, the abandonment of my family was huge. And being that my mother chose my stepfather over me was huge too. Um, if that didn't happen, I, I'm, I might have not, uh, dealt with it until I was older. You know, do you know what I mean? Oh, absolutely. Yeah. And yeah. I think it's very common for survivors to not deal with it until you're it in is. your 30s or 40s. Yeah. So I found it so fascinating. I'm like, wow, 19. <laughs> that's just well, I think I'm well, still kind know, of mind blown. I don't know why I am. It's just, I am. <laughs> you know, a lot of people are mind blown when I tell them how young and I actually see on boards like, you know, you probably are also involved in a lot of coaching boards, you know, and I like to read and listen to what people are saying. And, you know, I, I saw one time there was a life coach who was 19 and he was, you know, promoting himself as a life coach and everybody was criticizing him. And I, you know, and and I, I understand why, because most, you know, they think up until 19, you don't have a lot of life experience, but some of us have had a lot of life experience and a lot of healing, you know, but like you said, we all grow at different stages. Um, But when I was, a teenager, um, after the abuse 
after I finally was strong enough to stop the sexual abuse, um, I wrote in my diary all the time about it. Like I was self-reflecting even back then at that age, you know, um, and I, and I wanted to write letters to, um, dear Abby about it, even like asking for advice, you know, and stuff like that. So, um, I don't know what it was about me, but even as a young age, I, I was actually reflecting a lot about what was going on. Well, I think it's incredible. And I'm sure that your clients benefit from the, from the experience. And, you know, for those that do realize what's going on at such a young age and want to, you know, start to work through it and make a difference, having somebody you, you know, having somebody around like you who has been at that point in your life is, has to be extremely helpful. So yeah, more power to you. And I think it's awesome. So (laughs) thanks. So what kind of brought you to NLP? And then, I mean, I'll chime in as well, but when I took my certifications for life coaching, it gave me a basis, you know, kind of understanding, mm-hmm. you know, how to ask questions and how to build a rapport. And it like, it gave me all the, all the basic things you get. I found for me that NLP opened up like a multitude of doors. And it's, it's really the modality that I really focus on the most in terms of techniques and just the way that, you know, understanding how the brain works. And of course the language of the brain, but what kind of attracted you to it? I'm curious. Um, I, I just remember reading about it. I remember reading. So I was searching for ways to retrain the way I was thinking. I wanted to like learn how to forgive, learn how to overcome all these things. And that's basically what I was searching. And I saw, I saw that NLP was able to help you like retrain the way you think. And that was exactly what I needed. So um, that's really about it. It's, you know, simple as that. Um, I just remember seeing that, that you can retrain your mind and how you feel and how you think. And I was like, all right, let me try that. And that the woman who was teaching it, she was very appealing when I met with her. And you could tell that she had a passion for it. And she talked to me about her life changes as well. And when I was able to see that, that pulled me towards it more as well but it was exactly everything i was looking for so it's not really that glamorous yeah, yeah, I, mean, I, I found the same way too i had i had actually talked to it, it, it's funny how, how this kind of stuff works out isn't it it's like well it really wasn't as as big as what you think it might be it's just no. i was on a google search and yeah. this popped up and then and then i kind of you know went down the rabbit hole yeah right? but, Exactly. I just really wanted to retrain the way I was thinking and that was it. And I just really wanted to feel different and get over my pain and NLP offered that. But now when you take NLP, that's when all the gifts come out. That's when you realize, wow, the tools are just fascinating and blind, mind blowing. I remember sitting in class and instantly I felt a shift like instantly. And I was like, Whoa, that's like gone. (laughs) You know, there was a part of my (laughs) anger was completely gone, you know? And if you were to advertise that, people would be like, okay, let's go to the next thing, you know? Um, you know, but yeah, it's, so I purely attracted to it because it said it could help, you know, re retrain the way I felt and thought and, yeah. Yeah. That's the same way with me. I mean, I was talking with, um, just by chance I was doing some research and I had a, um, 
I had someone reach out to me who wanted to be on my podcast and talk about NLP. I'm like, okay, what the hell is NLP? And this was like a couple of years ago. Mm-hmm. So I'm like, whoa, what is this? I'm like, you know, you know, learning the language of the brain and reframing. <laughs> and I'm like, holy crap. So I got him on there. And after mm-hmm. I talked to him on the show, I'm like, okay, I've got to check this out. So we, we did some more collaborating and I ended up taking his program. But yeah, I think it's just one of the great things about it is that you can turn around old mindsets like relatively quickly by yes. using certain techniques. And I, I found that, um, you know, just so fascinating. And, you know, for anybody who's not um, familiar with NLP, if you just Google neuro-linguistic programming, um, if you check out Joanne's site, my site, there's information on there about it. But it really does teach you to take mindsets of the past and the way you think about yourself and others and, and your circumstances and literally reframe it. And the turnaround time is just, it, it's incredible, it really is. So It's so it's so fast. It's amazing. It really is. Yeah. And I, yeah, it's, we would especially practice. for trauma survivors who, you know, we spend all these years with all this self-shame and beating ourselves yes. up and all these, and all these emotional roller coasters. I'm like, okay, well, yes. this is how my brain's processing it. This is how I can change it. Holy crap. It's just, it really is. Me, <laughs> <laughs> it is yeah. So. I remember it, no, in class, we would, in class, we would practice the techniques on each other and we would use real life you know, situations that happened to us personally. And it was just mind blowing watching everybody change, you know, during like a 15 minute technique. And we, we all grew so much within those few months. It was, yeah. Yeah. I I recommend anybody during during class. I'm like, I can't believe Mm -hmm. how how fast I changed this mindset. (laughs) It's, it's incredible. It is. Yeah, it really is. Cool. All right. So let's talk a little bit more about your work and about being a survivor um, a little bit. So one of the big things that we struggle with either as a survivor or working with people who have been through all different types of trauma is trying to rebuild trust in in, in yourself and others and relationships and whatever it is. So talk about maybe the importance of being able to do that and kind of what that looks like either for you or for your clients. And this is one of the biggest problems that we all face um, is trying to get the yeah. trust back going again after it's been broken, like probably multiple times. Oh my goodness. Yeah. Rebuilding trust in others is, is so hard after you're sexually abused or any kind of abuse for that matter. Um, I know for me, it was extremely challenging. As you already know, like my, my stepfather sexually abused me when I was a child and then my mother gave me away at 13. So and then stayed living with my stepfather. So that, like, I had no trust for anyone at all. It was, my walls were extremely high. Um, I never let anybody in. And what I realized, you know, after some time is I needed to learn to develop trust in myself. I needed to realize that I could be okay regardless of what others would do to me. Um, because, like, in life... Beyond the abuse, there are going to be other people who betray you in other ways. So, you know, if you live with that as your main focus, that that someone else is going to hurt you again, then you're never going to experience any fulfilling interactions with, with others at all. And you're going to bypass those few people that are so good and so loving. And those fulfilling interactions are what we need those are what give us these amazing opportunities to enjoy our life and to grow as individuals. 
And there are some really amazing people out there. So when you allow yourself to remain in hope of those awesome, amazing, trusting people, instead of fear of those that will betray you, like some have betrayed you in the past, your relationships will change. You know, so it's important to remind yourself that just because there's a few people that betrayed your trust, this does not mean that everyone will. You know, so <laughs> recently there's been the recall of the romaine lettuce. Did you hear about that? It's everywhere. Yeah. I mean, like you can't yeah. <laughs> even go to like a restaurant or, or, or to a grocery store or anything. It's like romaine. Oh my God. Exactly. No. Exactly. So I like to, I, I like to use like silly analogies like this. Like, so just the romaine lettuce recall because it's tainted, you know? So now does this mean we're not going to eat any lettuce at all ever again, you know? No, we're going to shift your focus to kale, arugula, or other greens. So we know greens are healthy for us. So we're going to make this smart choice and choose new greens <laughs> that aren't tainted. So, this is so great. This is, you know, <laughs> what was that? I, no, no, I just said this is like so great. I'm thinking survivors and lettuce, like, like, oh my God, like I'm thinking of titles for this blog, thinking how can you know, <laughs> It's it's so funny. You know I what I mean? Oh but like like you guys think yeah. <laughs> but no, so but no like, you're right. And I mean it is because we're talking about Yeah. Exactly, exactly. And you know, so when you when you develop self-trust and self-confidence, you know, you tend to make better choices than other people and you recognize un- unhealthy patterns better. And then you feel more courage to step away from these bad people. You know, so it's it's realized that just because a few people may have abused you, you know, or betrayed you, um, that not everyone's going to do that. Is if you think about your whole life, there's been a lot of people who haven't done that. So why let that one person or the few people that have take your enjoyment away from all those other people? You know, um, and that's the one thing I try to think about the most is, but also when you rebuild your own self-trust and you realize that you are going to be okay regardless what happens. It may hurt for a little bit, but you are really going to be okay regardless of anything that happens to you. And when you know that, then you can build all of these different relationships with different types of people. And like I already said, you're going to recognize quicker those unhealthy patterns. And as soon as you recognize those unhealthy patterns, you're going to feel stronger. You're going to feel more courage and you're going to step away faster before they spiral down into this extremely unhealthy experience, you know, that leads into the abuse. Oh my goodness. Yeah. And it's, it's so important, as you mentioned, to learn how how to trust yourself again. And mm-hmm. we spend so much time, obviously, not only not trusting other people, you know, whether it's whether mm-hmm. it's parents or it's a, a boyfriend, girlfriend, or a boss or whatever it is. But then we also don't trust ourselves to be able to see those red flags in the future, or to be able to trust ourselves to put up those healthy boundaries when there is somebody that's toxic that we should try and stay away from, or be able to recognize the signs of somebody who's unhealthy for us, even after it's been a little while. So yeah, I think learning exactly. how to trust yourself is, yeah, I, I found it's probably, well, maybe not even probably, probably is the the biggest thing to try and work through, especially early on is yes. to learn 
that even if you don't see the signs right away and maybe, you know, somebody toxic does end up getting into your life again, like it's not the end of the world, mm-hmm. right? I mean, we've been through this. No. We're gun shy already as it is because, you know, we've been abused and we've been hurt and we don't want to yes. get hurt again. So we have the walls up. And I always, I remember sitting in a therapist's office years ago saying that my mind, my heart is behind a big castle wall and there's a drawbridge up and there are guards and a moat and your ass is not getting in, like not even a little. <laughs> Right. Yes. And now over yes. time, I'm like, okay, maybe, maybe there's a few less guards up at the top. Maybe the drawbridge is down yes. now and then. And, and you start yes. to let people yes. in and then you're like, oh my God, I feel so empowered. Right. Yes. Yes. I remember I wrote a lot of poem, poems about the walls and my heart being locked up, you know, that no one could ever, you know, have the key to unlock my heart. You know, I remember mm-hmm. going through those states similar to what you were just saying, but you know what? Um, I had, the opportunity to practice what I told you, what I've been talking about here, because um, when I was in my, when I was 30 years old, I was sexually abused again. And this was by a police officer. Um, I called 911 for help um, one night because I had an unwelcome person come to my home and they wouldn't leave. And so I called the police for help. And then after the officer removed the person from my house. He came in my house and he told me to get naked. And then long story short, he ended up sexually assaulting me. And um, so this is a person we are all trained to trust, you know, police officers. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I had to practice everything that I already taught myself throughout these last, you know, 11 years. And, um, after that happened, I had, I did have a very hard time trusting again, especially police officers. I was pulled over on the highway uh, because I had a light out or something. And I remember crying and freaking out because I was afraid of the police officer that pulled me over after this happened to me, even though I knew my mind, he's not the same police officer, you know, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, you just tend to develop this, this trust. It's, as any abuser knows, you just, it's automatic. It's so I had to, you know, in my brain all over again. And I had to remind myself, not all police officers <laughs> are going to abuse me. You know, mm-hmm. I've met many police officers. I have friends that are police officers and they have not abused me, you know? So you, you have to constantly remind yourself. It's a conscious effort to, rebuild the trust in others it doesn't just happen overnight you have to consciously talk to yourself remind yourself you have to hug yourself and be your best friend and say you know joanne it's okay you you're going to get through this and when you do that you're rebuilding that trust in yourself as well and um you know so this is the thing people really need to know is that you it may seem easier just to hide it away turn on the tv go out dancing, have a few drinks, but it will never leave. If you do that, it will always remain within inside your heart and your mind and your soul. Able to talk to yourself about it, remind yourself that there's still good people, remind yourself that you're going to be okay. And like I said, hug yourself, touch your heart, you know, do all those things. The pain, the trust, the pain will go away and the trust will happen again but you 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 need to do it yourself you need to you know or you you could have someone to help you like us like a coach you know or a therapist but you need to 
consciously work at it. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. And it is, it is a conscious effort and it is something where you need to take. And as you mentioned here, when you get pulled over, the first thing that comes into your mind, you know, which is, which is being flooded with emotions is, oh my God, it's a cop. He's going to abuse me just like the last one did. You know, all, all policemen are, are, are like this or, and whatever it is. And so when, when, when your emotional mind goes completely bonkers and, and, and starts flooding you with all of these memories, that's where, you know, you learn over time. And of course, you know, working with somebody and, and learning about yourself in this process is, is using your logical mind to kind of talk yourself off the ledge a little bit and help to calm yourself down over time by saying, okay, my, my emotions are telling me that, that this officer is going to abuse me again. But my logical mind says that not, not every officer does this and that, that, that was, you know, something that was not very common and that I know I'm going to be safe and I can take care of myself now, but it takes a while to get there. And you're right. Is a, it is a constant work on your part to really have to, you know, you know, to have to retrain yourself again, because as you mentioned, you know, you had gone through all the abuse when you were younger and then you did all this work and now it's like, okay, this happened again. I have to use everything that I'm sharing with clients on my own behalf. And I don't know about you when you started doing this. And I mean, I've had some traumatizing situations as an adult as well. And I've had to use some of the, you know, same, same techniques that we use with clients or whatever. And I found it a little difficult to do on myself. (laughs) Like at first I'm like, I'm like, you know, I know this stuff works. I see it working all the time. I'm trained in it. The clients tell me it's working great. Why in the hell can't I do it? And I had to actually kind of move, almost move past myself. You know, I like to say, we're like, wait a minute. Okay. I'm overthinking this. If I just do, you know, if I talk myself, you know, down and, you know, write things out and do my own coping skills, these things will work. But yeah, I, I don't know if it, it was the same for you, but initially I was like, this shit is not working. It's just not working. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I, I, you know, I'm laughing. Why? You know, why I'm laughing, you know, mm-hmm. because I, I totally relate. And I think most coaches do, you know? Um, yeah. It's, it's different working on yourself than it is on another person, you know, when we're, when we're working with another person, we actually get to look at them and see all their reactions. We, we learn how, you know, how to read them. We learn, you know, to see if they're holding back, if they're being open, we learn all of these things. And, um, it's, (laughs) it's a lot different because we, we don't see ourselves as clearly, even if we may believe we do, (laughs) you know, we don't. You know, <laughs> so um, it's easier to see our clients, you know, um, right in front of us, you know, looking in their eyes, looking at their body language, hearing their voice change. All of those things give us clues as to what we need to do to help them shift. Um, you know, and like I already said, it's harder to recognize those things in ourselves. So I, I do think it's important for us as coaches, you know, especially when we go through traumatic situations, you know, if it happens, unfortunately, again, you know, to reach out to other code plus, you know, for that time period. Uh, that's at least that's what I like to do because I, I think they are better equipped to help me than I can help myself in those moments. Yeah, you know, you know, and that that is super important to remember. And you're right, whether you're a coach or you're a therapist or whatever your role is, if you're in a role of helping yes. others and then you, you yourself need help, you know, we can't be afraid to go out and ask somebody like, you know, I need to bounce this off of somebody. I need another perspective because no matter how much training you have or how much you think you've got it together or how or how long you've been doing this, 
we still get caught up in our own minds and our emotions run wild. And we don't always need have the perspective of, of, of an outside person being able to see our body language and see, you know, what we're doing and not doing. And, and, you know, obviously somebody who knows us too can, can help, but yeah, I, I, exactly. I absolutely need to bounce things off of, off of other people, be it colleagues or close friends who know me, you know, from time yes. to time, just, just, just to get some perspective and be like, wait a minute, am I seeing everything here? Right. Yes. Yes. It's very important. And that's, and that's, practicing trust as well, you know, going back to trust again, you know, we got to learn to trust others, you know, and also trust ourselves to listen to what they're saying. You know, it's, it's very interesting. Oh, it is. It's fascinating. And I mean, we, we could talk about this all day, but I want to make sure that we cover, um, apparently you have a book coming out. Is that correct? Yes, I do. Cool. Cool. Tell us about it. It's my very first published book. I am self-publishing it. And um, it's about overcoming self-doubt because what I've learned throughout my own personal experiences and also through the experiences of helping like hundreds of people over the past 20 years in my coaching practice that whenever we are holding ourselves back from something, like from anything we desire or anything we need, uh, there's always self-doubt that's in the way. So I created this book so that I could teach others how to overcome their self-doubt and to rebuild their self-trust, self-confidence, and self-respect. Um, so, Because I've seen that once you're able to release your self-doubt and believe in yourself, that amazing things begin to happen in your life and you feel so much better about your life. Because all of these experiences that I talked about with you today, that was one of the biggest things that was standing in my way was self-doubt. I didn't believe in myself in one way or another. I didn't have self-trust. I didn't have self-confidence. I lost my self-respect. And once I was able to remove the doubt and build up those things, and that's when I was able to help people better improve my career, improve my health, improve and everything else in my life. Just incredible. I can't wait to to check out the book. So it's coming out in December of this year, as in 2018? Yes, yes in the middle of December. Cool. So awesome. I, well, yeah, yeah, yeah. Definitely send me the links to it. I will be happy will. to share it. And I think I might just buy a copy of myself. So <laughs> I, I think I'll give you a signed copy. That would be even awesome. You know what? I'll come down. We'll have coffee and you can give it to me. How's that? <laughs> I like that. All right. You come down. I'll give you the book. I like that. <laughs> that sounds great. That's awesome. Cool, Joanne. Well, this has been awesome. Why don't we wrap it up? You can tell everybody where to find you online more, more, more again about where the book will be available and if they're interested in possibly working with you. All right. Awesome. Well, so you can find me at joannesupresky.com. And I'm also very active on Twitter. So you could find me on Twitter at Joanne Supressi. Yeah. And then the book will be available on my website, but it will also be available on amazon.com. And the book will be called Ditch Your Doubt. That sounds super cool. I, I yeah. will make sure and put all this in so. the in the show notes and <laughs> the blog post. Joanne, this, this has been so much fun. Like it's been a great time. Thanks again for coming on the show. I appreciate it. All right, awesome. Thank you so much for Matt. Thank you so much, Matt, for having me. I appreciate it. <laughs> Thanks for listening to Beyond Your Past, part of the Mental Health News Radio Network. Information shared on this podcast is intended for educational and informational purposes only, and is not a substitute for or supersedes professional medical help or mental health counseling. Thank you again to my sponsors, INLPcenter.org and Daily Recovery Support. I hope you'll consider checking them out 
as they've joined forces to help keep the lights on here at the podcast and help Beyond Your Past reach as many as possible with a message of hope. If you'd like to learn more about working with me as your coach, or if you're curious about what life coaching is and how it might be right for you, then head on over to beyondyourpast.com and claim your free one-hour session where we can talk about the struggles in your life in the areas of anxiety and trauma recovery and see if coaching might be a great fit for you. Thanks again for listening, and I do hope that you'll subscribe to the podcast, leave a review, and share it with all your friends. See you next time.